The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Bucks face fourth down and 10. A snap, a good one. Baker Mayfield dropping, looking, throwing toward the end zone. Whooping try. Is it caught? Is it caught? Is it caught? caught? Yes, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mayfield back to pass. Pocket collapsing. Steps up. Heaves it down the field. This is going to reach the end zone. And it's incomplete. And the game is over. Losing three in a row sucks. There's no way around that. Um, It's just a a feeling. So, But we we showed fight tonight. Uh, That's... That's the one thing that, you know, we can hang our hats on. Lillard, step back three, on the way, got it! Damian Lillard, welcome to the Cream City. Game time has arrived with 107 to go. Screen from Davis, takes it in, James puts it in! Oh, he bookshaws his way for two. Big plays by James. Hour 2, T-Row in the morning show, Friday, October 27. Toby and TJ with you. All right, here's what's coming up. In mere moments, we will unveil this week's Ref Royal Rumble picks. Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, next segment. He'll give us the deets on what's going on in the birdcage. 7.35, the uncle, Steely's uncle, stops by. Um, very interested, as always, to visit with Uncle. 8.05 this morning, I will have my three predictions for OU Kansas, followed by a rousing game of who you got. 8.35 this morning, we will hear what TJ's gut has to say about Sooners Jayhawks, and we end the show with the scene setter today, as always. So there you go. That's what's coming up. Um, Ref Royal Rumble, this is our uh, weekly contest between the uh, 10 hosts on this station. We each pick a lock and an upset special each week. The lock is worth one point. The upset special is worth three. A For a team to qualify for an upset special, they have to be at least a five-point underdog. Teddy Lehman, who has really never done well in this contest, has firm control right now in first place with a uh, four-point lead. He's got 15 points. Chris Plank and Josh Helmer in second place with 11. Travis Davidson is our defending champion. He's in fourth place with 10. I'm in fifth place at nine and a half points. Thanks a lot, Parker. TJ and Drake, bitter enemies, tied for sixth place with nine points. By the way, punk move on his part last night. I know what he's doing. Parker, we'll get to that in a second. Parker in eighth place with eight. Tyler and Steelman tied for ninth in the basement. Seven points each. Um, one, two, 
three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We got all ten picks in today, Teach. Uh, all right, here we go. What? Mike Steely. Uh, trying, he's coming off a week in which he hit an upset. He is no longer alone in last place. He's now tied for last place, but maybe a little momentum for the old guy. He has locked BYU plus 17 and a half against Texas. And his upset special is Charlotte. Oh, jeez. Charlotte, Teej. Charlotte. Charlotte. I'm scrolling. Charlotte. Oh, man. Probably up top. I was already down. Charlotte. On the list. What are we going to do with this guy? Are they, do they have one of the Tuesday games or something? <laughs> Charlotte. I can't even find Charlotte on here. Huh. I'm scrolling, too. I'm not seeing them unless I pass by them. Oh, tonight. Oh, okay. I was down. Against Florida Atlantic. Uh, they are now a three-and-a-half-point dog. He made this pick way back on Monday when they were five-and-a-half, so maybe he's onto something there. Tyler McComas, who he is tied with in the basement. I heard this happen live. Immediately when news came out that Lincoln Riley was missing a second straight day of practice, he locked Cal for his lock of the week and the upset special. So he's got Cal plus the ten-and-a-half for his lock and Cal for the upset special. Uh, Parker. Parker Thune, eighth place right now, has also locked BYU against Texas, 17-and-a-half. His upset special is a popular one this week. He is taking the Wyoming Cowboys. TJ, who is Wyoming playing? They have week? Boise State, at Boise State. And the spread is? Five and, five and a half. half. Okay. Wyoming at Boise State for Parker. TJ Perry locked, uh, and the chairman. Well, why don't you take us through uh, your picks this week, TJ? The chairman, uh, probably the most difficult week he's had in coming to a decision. In fact, he asked for my advice. And, um, wow. I don't remember what game I ended up in on. And he said, no. And I said, no to his. And he said, all right, we're going rock, paper, scissor here. And whoever wins, we're going with that pick. He beat me in a uh, best of three round of rock, paper, scissor. So mm-hmm. our upset special, Wyoming over Boise State. Okay. Uh, West Virginia. Who's West Virginia got? They are at U- UCF. 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 That was mine, and he's like, I don't know about that one. And I said, I like that one. And he said, uh, rock, paper, scissor for it. And then I said, okay, well, you haven't told me your lock. He goes, oh, it's OU. And he walked away. Wow, confident. Yeah, very confident. Huh? He was very confident. Nine and a half is what you've locked OU in at. Yes. Okay. So uh, TJ and the chairman, OU for the lock, Wyoming for the upset. Dre Dykin, uh, prior picked prior. He picked back on Tuesday. He locked BYU, very popular pick this week, plus 17 and a half against Texas. His upset special was Utah to beat Oregon. However, after seeing TJ pick Wyoming in the upset, Drake changed his upset to Wyoming. Now, it sounds to me like you are accusing Drake of shenanigans here. Uh, it is shenanigans. He does not want to fall behind us, so he picks the same upset to stay uh, hopefully even with us or close to us, depending mm. on the lock. He's a, 
He's a bit squirrely like that, so I know exactly what Drake's doing. Have here. you guys been? Uh, you're always bitter enemies right. around the office. Has it been even bitterer this week now that you're tied in the standings? Um, at one point this week, I had to straight punch him in the throat. So mm. yeah, we do not I like hate each to see other. That. Ted Lehman, our leader, locked OU as he does every week, minus nine and a half. His upset special is interesting. We're not sure we've ever had an upset special picked of a team that is more than a two-touchdown underdog. But he is taking South Carolina to knock off Texas A&M. I actually like that. They are a 14-and-a-half-point underdog. I think it's too many points. It's almost, I don't know. I I like that. Um, That's Ted showing his loyalty to Beamer, but... I do like that pick. Um, I also like your lock, so I won't say anything yet till you say it, but I like your lock a lot to maybe win straight out. So, Well, I'll give you mine. Straight then. up, whatever you want to say. I am, I've gone to the uh, world's largest outdoor cocktail party for my lock this week. Florida, I think, is getting too many points, 14 and a half, uh, or they're giving too many points, I should say. Georgia's favored. Uh, I, I got Florida for my lock, plus 14.5. I think they're going to keep it close. I'm not sure Georgia is capable of pulling away by that much. Florida, my lock of the week. I like them. Uh, like I said, I, if it were me, I might have taken that for my upset special. I think I, I, I see Florida making that game tough for them, so I think you're on uh, to a good lock there. My upset special, I went to Stillwater, Oklahoma. I am taking the Cincinnati Bearcats to knock off the Cowboys. Uh, Picking against OSU has not worked for me this year, so I'm not sure why I'm going back to it. Just a hunch. Just got a hunch that uh, Cincy, who has really struggled in Big 12 play, is going to put it together. I kind of like their defensive line against Ollie Gordon. Think with their, you know, they got got the uh, godfather up front couple of NFL guys up front. I think they might have a chance to at least control Ollie, and if you do that, you got a chance to slow down OSU. I'm taking Cincinnati in the upset. I, uh, I like that as well. This seems like to me, and maybe I'm completely wrong come Monday, but this seems like the chaos week to me. It, it seems like the week that we look up and say, boy, look at what happened this week in college football. I think there could be oh two, not just in the rumble across, across the landscape the, uh, of landscape. college football. I can't think there could be you know two three four upsets that people are like wow we didn't see that coming yeah. so we'll see but it just feels like that to me. I got three more picks to share. Chris Plank locked OU upset special also Cincinnati. He was very happy to be on board with you. Yeah. <laughs> we roll that way. Tell me. Josh Helmer has locked Ohio State, minus 14.5 at Wisconsin. Upset special, he took West Virginia. That's the game you were talking about. West Virginia, seven-point dog at UCF. Mm-hmm. And Travis Davidson, defending champion, has locked SMU. They are a 20.5-point favorite over Tulsa, 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. That game to be played at Gerald Ford Stadium in Dallas. Not the same Gerald Ford. Upset special, Rice. Rice, a 10.5-point dog at home against 22nd-ranked Tulane. A big American Athletic Conference week for Travis Davidson this week. 
So there you go. Those are all the Ref Royal Rumble picks for the week. Tej, what do you think? Uh, I like some of those. I don't like some of the others, but I think, like I said, I think this is the week that there's a shot at getting uh, several upset specials if they were available. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Time will tell. Time will tell. Florida. We'll I like your Florida pick. Uh, we'll watch, see when we see. Watch for Florida to upset Georgia. Can I tell you one of the reasons I went with Cincinnati? Yeah, um, I think you did. You like the. Uh, I'm going to give you another reason. Okay. We're driving home after the game, right? And OSU and Cincinnati play at 7 p.m. And it'll add a little interest to my drive if uh, I can root for my upset special on the way home. You know what you do? You, uh, as you're crossing through, just turn in there, head to Stillwater, and have yourself some cheese fries at uh, Eskimo Joe's and uh, cheer against the Cowboys. Yep. Unlike you, I do not support our rivals. <laughs> and I will not be I said, ever I said eating at Eskimo them. Joe's. So cheer against them. No, I mean, I'm not eating at Eskimo Joe's. No, it's delicious. You should try it. But we will be going by there. You know, the timing of that, mm, I hope we're not getting out. I hope that game's not ending right when we're – surely we'll be through there before. Oh, you'll be over. through there before then unless you do an extra long post-game show or something. Well, that's true. Let's see. 11, game ends, what, 2.30? Mm-hmm. Post-game ends at 4. Pack up. We're on the road, 4.30, 4.45. Oof, you might be pretty close. Four and a half hours, hours to, to there. Stillwater. Yeah. Now we should be good. They'll be like at halftime probably when we're when we're going through there. So we should be good. All right, take a break. When we come back, Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, and um, and then on the other side, Steely's uncle joins us live. Back after this, the T Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Sooners Jayhawks coming up 11 a.m. Saturday, and we are joined now by a good friend of mine for many years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss seeing him all the time, Brian Haney, play-by-play voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. Brian, good morning, my friend. Hey, good morning, Toby. Certainly getting those feelings as well as we kind of go down the barrel at some Last uh, go-rounds of football and basketball here. It's going to be crazy not getting to see you and all of our friends in Norman. But you know what? We've made some great memories and a friendship that will definitely last the test of time. So hopefully there will be future NCAA tournament crossing of paths. And, and who knows? If Lance Leipold keeps coaching at Kansas, maybe we'll face you in a bowl game one of these days, five, six years down the line. I like that idea. I'm going to do something you've never uh, done before in any of these interviews. I'm not going to ask you a single basketball question, okay? This is going to be a football-only interview. How about that? So uh, I know this is, yeah, get comfortable. Um, do you believe Lance Leipold that it'll be Jason Bean at quarterback on Saturday? I do. I do, yeah. Uh, and you know what? I've been telling Kansas fans for the last three weeks, we got to celebrate this guy and rally around him, feel grateful to have him. I mean, you guys saw firsthand last year in Norman. This is better than your typical backup quarterback yeah. and could start for a lot of FBS programs or D1 programs around the country. And so when he had the play, I don't know if you guys watched our bowl game in the Liberty Bowl last year, but 
we lost in three overtimes to Arkansas, and they actually they called a play for him in the third overtime, and he airmailed the pass. And, you know, completely misses the receiver by five or six feet, and that's game over. And a lot of Kansas fans were crushing him for that on social media. He initially thinks he's going to transfer and leave. Um, and one year left in eligibility, his sixth year. And it would make sense for him to leave because Jalen Daniels had just done something that no FBS quarterback had ever done in a bowl game. Five passing touchdowns, over 500 yards, one rushing touchdown. He had put himself on a trajectory to get all the offseason love and preseason hype that resulted in him being the Big 12 preseason offensive player of the year. And if you're Jason Bean, and that's kind of how the season ended, I think nine guys out of ten do transfer in this transfer portal era that we're currently living in. But there was something special about the culture that Lance Leipold was building here that Jason didn't want to say goodbye to. And there was something special inside of that young man that you know, he didn't want that to be the bad taste in the mouths of, of himself, but also fans and how he'd be remembered, his legacy, all that. We elects to come back, and no one would have forecast when he made that decision that seven games in he would have started four of the seven. But that's been the reality. And sadly, as brilliant as Jalen Daniels is, you know, he's, he's had a hard time staying on the field these last three seasons, not just this year. So Jason's been a guy that's been pressed into action on more than just a few occasions. I think the start at Texas was a very unenviable spot because he literally found out it was him 30 minutes before the game. And obviously it showed as we were 0 for 8 on third downs. But he's been very good otherwise and uh, was, was you know a good game manager in the win over UCF. I thought was brilliant for the better part of three quarters in Stillwater until we lost it late. I mean, he was one passing TD shy of a Todd Reasing school record in that game. So that's more than you asked for with your question. But the point is, he may be our backup, but he's better than most backups. We feel like we've got one of the, the deepest QB rooms, at least two guys deep in the country. And, uh, yeah, I, I think Kansas fans that, that are frustrated over the Jalen Daniels situation and how much information is there out there about his back, when he's coming back, all that. Hey, forget about all that. Let's focus on how lucky we are to have a guy as good as Jason Bean, and let's support him. And, and it may not be perfect every game, but what quarterback is? And, uh, and, and he is absolutely good enough to lead Kansas to eight or nine wins this season. And so that's what I think we should get behind in case Jalen remains out for another week or two. Well, I completely agree with you. I think he's a fantastic quarterback and would start many, many, many other places in the Big 12 and, and around the country as well. What kind of atmosphere are we, uh, are we in for on Saturday? I think it'll be a really good one. Now, I don't know what the, the rains uh, and the forecast is going to be like. We, we feel like we're building arcs right now in Lawrence these last 24 hours. It's been nothing but rain. But hopefully we, uh, we get a break in that for Saturday because Kansas, as you well know, is one of just five schools in the last couple of years to host both ESPN College Game Day and Fox's Big Moon Kickoff. And they'll have the Fox crew in town with Urban Meyer and Matt Leiner and Mark Ingram and all these guys. And so excited about that. And so it should be a raucous atmosphere on the hill, which uh, for OU fans that have made the trip, that's the south side of the stadium uh, going upward toward Mount Oread and the Campanile on top of Mount Oread. But uh, yeah, that was completely filled up ESPN College game day a year ago. I don't think it'll be quite like that for the Fox big new kickoff, but it should be good. And they're, they're closing in on a sellout. I think they'll get there. It's, it's a little surprising they aren't there already. But uh, it should be 47,000 strong, and I know a, a good contingent of Crimson and Cream will have something to do with that. 
but but largely the fans have, have hopped on board with what Lance Leipold has built these last few years, and it's turned into uh, a pretty special game day atmosphere. It's not imposing like the 80,000 or 100,000 you'd see in other places like yours, but these fans make some noise. We've given them a lot of reasons to wave the wheat, which is what we do whenever we score. And, uh, yeah, I think it should make for a much different setting than the last time you were here. And we, when it was a tight game heading into the fourth quarter, you'll recall they opened up the gates and they yeah. announced around town, hey, anybody who <laughs> wants to come in, just come in. And, and folks came filing in from all over Lawrence to watch the final 15 minutes only to have their hearts broken. It's not going to be a situation like that. So, so very much has changed in the last two years around here. Yeah, that, speaking of Noah's Ark, that was like Noah's Ark, man. They were coming from every direction. You could see them from the press box. There was streams of people from everywhere flocking into the stadium to see Kansas maybe upset Big Bad Oklahoma. That was that was pretty yep. funny. A lot of talk this week around here about this Kansas offense, the creativity of it, and rightfully so. What about the other side of the ball? What are your opinions on, on the Kansas defense? Well, I think they're a lot better than they were this time a year ago, and numbers would show they're 30-plus places better in terms of, of total defense nationally and all that. There's definitely some key pieces in there that, that could start on most teams and, and possibly play at the next level like a Kobe Bryant type. Um, you know, I don't know if Kenny's a, Kenny Logan is an NFL guy, but he's been a great college safety for umpteen years now. It feels like he's going to break all the – defensive back tackle records at Kansas with the extra COVID year. He's been a really steady player for us. You look at Melo Dotson in that secondary as well. Up front on the defensive line, that was where there were a ton of questions. We were replacing all four starters from a year ago, uh, including one who left early to go to the NFL draft. And Austin Booker has been the great addition to really inject uh, some excitement into the pass rush of Kansas. He's a transfer from Minnesota. He's been fabulous. The linebacking core has been a little bit up and down, and we saw them get gashed by Ollie Gordon and OSU a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, that's obviously a place where they'd like to have more consistency. J.B. Brown is a transfer that's, that's helped a ton in that regard. Rich Miller is back as a defensive captain and leader, but they probably need more consistency in the middle. By and large, though, I, I think they've been really solid. And, and some of the yardage and point totals that they gave up at Texas were a product of a hot day in which they were on the field twice as much as their counterparts, and the offense of Kansas couldn't stay on the field again, 0 for 8 on third downs. And so those numbers that day kind of upset the apple cart and spiked the statistics on the overall season. And that's not to say they haven't had other challenging days, but I think by and large they've been pretty good. And, and all you're asking them to be is, is pretty competitive. Get a stop or two each half, and if Kansas's offense at full strength is what we you think it can be, then you can have a chance to win most of your games. I mean, this is an offense that averaged 36 points per game a year ago. We were calling for 40 points per game offensively heading into this season, assuming health for Jalen Daniels, which proved to be a, a bad assumption. But even with Bean back there, it's an offense that, that should score five-plus touchdowns a game and, and have you, you know, in, in just about every shootout. So can the defense be just formidable enough? And in most cases, they have. But, uh, you know, they got gashed early at Stillwater, made some adjustments to, to kind of get the game back under control, and then obviously you know, got beat late. But I, I think it's a defense under Brian Borland that has made the types of progress that we hoped they would make, not spectacular, but certainly very competitive. 
And, uh, you know, that, that for Kansas, again, should equate to an 8-4 and four type season this year, which for us and where we've been the last decade and a half, that would be fabulous. I mean, it would be the best season since Todd Reesing's 2017 that won the Orange Bowl. So that's, that's what's a, a little improvement on defense and the offense continuing to, to chug right along means for Kansas football fans. Last question, and then i got a favor to ask, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, you've sure. seen Kansas at their best this year. At this point, you now are well aware of, of Oklahoma. How does Kansas win this football game? What do they well, have to do? Great question. And, and again, uh, you know, hopefully it's a dry day uh, because that turnovers and takeaways could play a huge role if it's not. I still could on a dry day, don't get me wrong, but if it's a slick track and all that, uh, a lot of the creativity things that Kansas likes to do offensively could be bottled up if that was the case. But uh, Jason Bean needs to come out and have a great game, obviously. I think the big thing with Jason is if he gets in a rhythm and settles in, he can pick anybody apart and he can post huge numbers. I mean, he passed for over 405 TDs in Stillwater. Uh, but it's, it's a guy that if a couple of mistakes happen back-to-back, they can kind of compound and snowball a little bit. So I'd like to see from a Kansas perspective him establish rhythm early, uh, show that, hey, he can hang with Dylan Gabriel drive for drive, snap for snap, pass for pass. Obviously, they've got to do a good job on the run game. You've got a nice stable of running backs back there, and we can't see Kansas get gashed up the gut like that. But to me, it's about a fast start, winning the turnover battle, Stay away from the self-inflicted wounds. That, that almost got KU beat at Nevada early in the year, and you sure as heck don't have that margin for error against a team as good as Oklahoma. So not that it has to be a completely clean game, but, but obviously take care of as much of your own business as you can and, and don't give a really good football team any extra help. They do that. The Jayhawks feel like, personnel-wise, it, they can match up. And, and they don't have as many five- and four-star guys as your roster will trot out there, but – They've got a team in a locker room with a full of a ton of belief after what they've accomplished the last season and a half, and they are a different team at home, to be clear. So it's, it's going to be exciting to see what that all looks like from Saturday. The rest of that, just Toby being silly there about beans and trying to acquire me autographs and signed coffee and whatever else Jason Bean has NIL deals for. Toby will join us on the other side, mobile, we believe. He will be heading uh, to Kansas for that game. That was Brian Haney. Thanks to him for joining us earlier this week. We'll get back to uh, more of your picks, more talk about the uh, Sooners and the Jayhawks, and whatever else you want to guys want to get into. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show right here on The Ref. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Hi, welcome back, everybody. We are on the road now. TJ, how are my levels? Too hot, too soft. Ooh, you're Dial a little hotter than normal. A little hotter than little normal. A little hot? How about that? How about that right there? Ooh, you like yeah, that? I like that right there, yeah. Just like Stop that. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Behave. It is time to welcome in, as we do every Friday, an icon in Oklahoma media, Steely's uncle. Uncle, good morning. I'll tell you who's too soft, mules you. <laughs> okay, all right. Right into it, huh? <laughs> you got mules you on your mind today, huh? Actually, I wanted to uh, talk to TJ. Uh, just call. 
<laughs> thank you, Uncle. I, I didn't heard that yet. Uh, he'll probably get you up to seven or eight if you need him. All right. By the way, who did I who did I pick in the Rep Royal Rumble week three? <laughs> Are you gonna keep track of that yourself, Uncle? No, no, dolphins. No. You had the Dolphins, King Uncle. King of the Mountain. I'm sorry, King of the Mountain. I'm an idiot. TJ, <laughs> good luck to your Rangers. By the way, did I ever tell you the story of when I went to the uh, Rangers fantasy camp? I don't think you've told us oh, that boy. story. No. I hit a home run, a deep blast off Nolan Ryan with a ping pong paddle, all right? (laughs) He didn't just groove one in there, baby. This was a 102-mile-an-hour fastball. Then the next time up, Ryan threw one under my chin. I pointed at him and said, this old man ain't Robin Ventura, baby. Don't do it again. (laughs) Next pitch. Uh, Off the right field wall with an old six iron I bought at Sears. <laughs> Turned it into an inside the park home run when I ran over an 82 year old man named Dexter Davis at home plate. I mean, this was Pete wow. Rose, Ray Fossey kind of stuff. Knocked him out cold. They wheeled his ass out of there on a stretcher. And they were very, very mad. And they told me, Uncle. We never want to see you back at a Rangers-related event again. Uh, I imagine I so. Five. Gracious. You would think I would have heard that story over the years. Wow. I said, well, they buried it. You, t- you tell Ryan he's overrated and I want my money back. They well, threw me true. a lot of C-notes and I was out of there, baby. But good luck to the Rangers. Thank you, Uncle. Goodness gracious. Did you have any idea about that, TJ? I had That's no idea. Story. Had I had that idea, well, my son might not battle. be named after Nolan Ryan, middle name. It would have been Uncle. Yeah. You know, Bronx Uncle yeah. Perry, yeah. Well, Steve, uh, 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 Uncle, we are. paddle on the home run, but uh, it felt great rounding those bases, let me tell you. I, I imagine it did. We're headed to Kansas, Uncle. Big showdown for the undefeated Sooners tomorrow. It's going to be terrible weather up there. What do you think about the matchup? Involved in him missing practice. What a wimp. All right, so I guess you're ready for prediction time, right? Here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Two words. Two words. Sooner domination. Payback for that Homer job we got from Danny and the Miracles back in 88. We rush. Get this now. We rush for 500, baby. Smothers, huh? Okay, 500 yards rushing. What about the score? Well, also three 
TDs for Nick Six, Nick Anderson, and Gavin Freeman makes a drop kick, which will be awesome. Sooner 77, KU 3. All right, giving up a field goal again. We keep doing that every week. 77 to 3, the final score. No problem with the weather, it sounds like, tomorrow. We're going to run all over them. Absolute. It will be total, absolute domination in Lawrence. Lance Leopold's a great coach. Ball manure. Brent Venables will kick his derriere all over that field. Uncle, thanks as always. I know you'll be rooting for the Sooners and for the Cal Bears tomorrow. That's exactly right. Normally I don't like those liberal pansies out there, but I'm rooting for them against Muleshoe. <laughs> Boomer! See you, Uncle. There you go. 77-3, Teach. 500 yards rushing, including 200 from true freshman Dalen Smothers tomorrow. Man, nobody what a day. That. Nobody would have seen that coming except Uncle. Nobody predicting that. Uh, I also, we cannot condone Uncle's remedy for pneumonia. Please, anyone out there, don't drink motor oil. That was not, okay? that's not one of the trials being offered by High Tower Clinical, who brings you this hour. Uh, that is not no. the case, no. No. Jiffy Lube is who tries that. <laughs> You should not. Yeah. All right. 77 to 3. We'll try to uh, see how close Uncle comes tomorrow as he predicts 500 yards rushing. I think that could be a little high. We'll see. 221 or 220 or 221 is the season high. So anything over that would be um, fantastic, I think, for this team. They got to show a little momentum in the run game. We said that last week. We thought UCF was a team that. That they could run against, and and they did. I mean, they they didn't do what we were hoping they'd do. They still haven't been explosive. That's the issue. No, I mean, that's the thing. They yeah. outrushed Texas. They outrushed UCF. Both good running teams, which is great. It speaks to your rush defense. It speaks to your ability to some extent to also run the football. We just haven't seen anybody break loose. I mean, Sawchuck had the thirty-yard touchdown. And uh, and that's about the biggest play we've seen on the ground. Do you know who has the longest rush of the year, TJ, for OU? Um, I'll, I'll say Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, DG against Texas. Texas, right? A game he broke open at midfield, mm-hmm. and um, they tackled him from behind. I believe it was 44 yards. It was either 44 or 45 yards, longest rush of the year. So, I would imagine, too, that if this is a – sloppy weather game it could be that you're going to see gabriel uh have to be involved with his legs again i know that they want to be careful to some extent with that but uh if this is a game where it's going to be hard to throw the football uh then you got to do something to make up for that and i think that you'll probably see him lean on his legs a little more and and uh uncle predicted that over 100 yards rushing for gabriel on Saturday. So, all right, we'll take a break. Back to your text messages when we come back. 405-651-3439, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. OEC Fiber Football Friday. We are headed to Lawrence, Kansas. Back after this. The home of Sooner fans. 
Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your Sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre- and post-game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. T-Row in the morning show. This hour brought to you by Hightower Clinical, bringing clinical trial opportunities to Oklahoma. No cost or insurance needed to participate. Several different areas that they've got trials going in right now. You can find out more information, HightowerClinical.com, or call or text 405-831-5905. Toby, uh, on the road to Lawrence. That's right. That's right. I'm uh, I'm almost to uh, the meeting spot, so I'll have uh, the crew with me uh, when we uh, come on at 8 o'clock. That is if Chris Plank can get here. It sounds like he might be stuck in traffic right now, so we'll see. So no picks right now. You don't want to write picks down, correct? Correct. Yeah, just email them to me. Just email them to me. I know you hate that. I'm sorry. We shouldn't have that many more. In the rear you are. I know. I know. Uh, Sincere apologies. Yeah. This texter says, Toby, if you have room, I wouldn't mind you picking me up at exit 185, please. I have, um, you know, I offered you again yesterday to go on the road with us sometime this year, and again, you rejected us. And uh, I've had umpteen people reach out and say, I'd love to go. Uh, You know, we talked about maybe having a collar contest for an SEC road trip next year. I think that would be kind of fun. We would have to figure out some way because the first person that uh, said they'd be interested is uh, Gunny of Stutzman's Army. Yeah. And that frightens me a little bit. So there would have to be some sort of a um, psychological evaluation or qualification or something. But uh, I like the idea of, uh, you know, that being a prize. Ride along with us, sit in the booth with us during a game. That'd be fun. For whatever reason, TJ hates the idea and uh, wants no part of it. But anyway. Riding in a car with you guys. Uh, did y'all hear Muleshoe wasn't actually sick? After the tough couple of weeks, he started seeing black escalades, so he sheltered in place. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, if we start seeing Jose Altuve on the Michigan campus, we know something is definitely wrong. That's from Sooner Fan in Texas. There's, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. <laughs> There's no doubt about uh, that. Good. By the way, Astro fans would just like us all to get over that, okay? Just stop, okay? Yeah. Didn't really happen. If you guys would just Enough's quit enough. bringing it up, it wouldn't be talked about. Quit bringing it up, okay? Uh, There's now an article bringing up the 2019 championship game stating that LSU believes the Clemson staff was stealing signs during the game. Sounds like we're at the point... Uh, we're at point fingers at the other phase of this saga. Well, everybody's stealing signs during the game, and that's fair game. There, there's no rule against it. It's accepted. Um, you, A lot of times, here's how it works. A lot of times you will assign uh, one or two of your guys, you know, maybe a, a assistant strength coach or – Somebody who is not one of your main nine coaches, ten coaches, to who is happens to be good at this, to look across and see if you can figure it out. Same thing in baseball. A lot of times the pitchers that aren't pitching that day 
are watching the signals come in from the dugout and trying to decipher and figure see if they can come up. Blake Brewster talked about how good he was at this. Uh, same thing in football. You're looking across the field, trying to figure out if you can determine what means what. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. That is not what was happening in the Michigan case. Yeah, definitely not what was happening in the Michigan. I'm all for what you're talking about. That's that's something I've got no problem with, but that's not what we're talking about here. So, um, like this. No, one. and you're not allowed to like in the middle of a game whip out a cell phone and start recording the signals from the other side so that you can go sure. in at halftime yeah. and study them and things like that. Yeah. Uh, Gator is excited for OU uh, baseball today at 3.30. That's right. They have a, uh exhibition game, what, against M- McLennan? Uh, who are they with? McLennan, McLennan Junior McLennan College. McLennan Junior College, yeah. I, I, I got it. I mean, the season hasn't even started yet. I, I got it just, if I could. I saw some outrage yesterday about this game time being moved. Johnny Baseball and others were just how the program doesn't care about them and they want to go to the gal, that kind of stuff. Can we just calm down on the outrage a little bit, okay? Obviously, if something like this happens where they move the game time up, it was for a reason. Weather-related, yeah. Weather-related or the other team has a travel situation or our team has a situation or whatever the case may be. Nobody sat there and said, we were going to play at this time, but just to tick off the fans, why don't we move the game to 3.30? So... Everybody is definitely thinking about Johnny Baseball and all the fans when they said they want as many people there as possible at all turns. They would like to accommodate whenever possible. But could we just have a little trust and faith that if a decision is made to move a game time or a location, whatever the case may be, that all the options have been taken into account by people who care about the University of Oklahoma, their players, their coaches, and their fan base, and they've tried to make the best decision possible. <sighs> I love y'all, but jolly, it is a false scrimmage. I want to go too. I get it. You want to go. But for whatever reason, it was deemed best that the game get moved up to 3.30 today. Hopefully they can play at 3.30 today. We'll see. But All right, top of the hour break. We'll be back. Final hour. What do we got coming up next? Three predictions and who you got coming up next here on the T-Row in the Morning Show.